We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit this last week, and today we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those gifts that God gives us to fulfill the work of the ministry and to make the biggest difference in this life that we can. And, you know, I want to try to shift a paradigm, if there is a paradigm about the gifts. You know, oftentimes I think the gifts are viewed as something that happens in a church service on a Sunday morning, and that's true. But I believe the greater use of the gifts is in your everyday life, as you're out at work, as you're at school, as you're in your family. And so this morning I want you to hear from a dad named Frank and how God has used the gifts of his spirit in Frank to be the best dad he can be. I'm Frank Colacurcio, uh, married to Diane Colacurcio. I have a kind of a notorious background. I don't want to get into all of that. But uh, when I was involved with all of that, uh, members of my family started committing their lives to Christ. And, uh, and one after another, first my brother, then my sister, and the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when the girl that I was living with told me how she gave her life to Christ and how my life no longer matched up with her Savior. So basically she dumped me for Jesus, <laughs> which is kind of cool, but wasn't then. And that's when I said, that doesn't. I am so tired of this Christian thing. So I just chose to disprove the historicity of the Bible. And six, seven months later, I became convinced that the Bible was not just true, but the inspired Word of God. And uh, I came to the conclusion that Jesus was the Son of God and uh, gave my life to Him, left that whole lifestyle and started a new life in Christ. That's when I found out about the Holy Spirit and uh, that there's not just the Heavenly Father and the Son, but He sent the Holy Spirit, His Spirit, to dwell within us. And that's probably when my Christian life really changed. It was like five, six years as a Christian, I realized the Holy Spirit is a person. And, uh, and He was right here, and I had access to Him. When it comes to parenting or even fathering, uh, God wants to use the gifts for you to minister through those gifts to your children. God knows more about your child's future than you know. And he specifically through the gifts or through his voice identifies what he's doing in each individual child. One of those early mornings, uh, Holy Spirit woke me up and uh, he, he first started to speak to me about Tanner. He says, Tanner Wayne, he says, Frank, um, I have designed Tanner to live on the edge. He's going to be right on the edge of the cliff. I've designed him that way. Don't let it scare you. Don't get unnerved and drag him back. But instead, the way you will raise him, Holy Spirit said, you're going to have to love him harder and you're going to have to discipline him harder than all of the rest of the kids. That'll enable him to be full, fulfilled in his calling to live out there on the edge and accomplish God's ministry through him out in that environment. So that was like just, wow, revelatory. In that same morning, he said about one of my other kids, and I won't keep going, but Bryce William. He says, Bryce William now is different. Um, Bryce William you need to give freedom to. 
Bryce is steadfast. He's going to be a child that won't need to be disciplined, won't need to be directed. You need to give him freedom. He's on, he'll find his own course, but he's going to reach the destination. And it was a completely different approach. I don't, I don't know if I, much past four or five, I ever even spanked him again. He was just this, to this day, you know, magnificent father, husband, four kids, you know, career, all these things, loves God with all of his heart, but with very little input from me, but kind of hands off and a loving dad. But that's, that's how God wants to work to us as parents. That's a who. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you seek me, you will find me. Here it comes. If you seek me with all of your heart. And that's where it stops and starts. The foundation is that relationship with the Holy Spirit, getting to know his voice. How do you know his voice? By reading the word day in, day out. That has to be the foundation of your life. And I think that's where real life in Christ and intimacy starts. Who's here for Frank, huh? So I believe that that is what God wants to do in each of us. I believe that God wants to fill us with his spirit, and then he wants to use the gifts of his spirit in our everyday life um, as we interact with people where we work, as we raise our kids, uh, as we deal with situations of life. I think that that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are best used for, and as we try to lead people to Christ. So what Frank was talking about here in this video is the gift of wisdom that God gave him in how to raise his sons, that they're both unique and different, raise them differently, and knowledge about how to raise his kids. So imagine as a parent having the gift of discernment, right? If you notice that your tools were left out under the sprinkler and your kid says, no, I didn't do it, and the Holy Spirit says, yes, he did, right? And so you can stand up for what God told you. Uh, how about... How about the gift of miracles when your kid cleans the room? I mean, isn't that awesome when, when the gift of miracles vis visits your home? One of the gifts I like the best, especially in raising kids or, or being married, is the gift of prophecy. And we're going to talk about prophecy this morning and how it's different than probably what you think it is. But the fact that, that we can speak good words, God's words, over our children as we raise them and after they're raised and our grandchildren when they come and we can speak God's words over our, our wife or over our husband. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us to use the prophetic gift in our everyday life as we bring his heart, as we bring his word to the people that need desperately to hear something from God. So God fills us with the Holy Spirit when we seek after him. And like Frank said, when we take in his word, that's what God uses for the gifts. And his filling brings his gifts, and he wants us to discover and to use them. And number one in your notes today, we glorify Jesus when we use the spiritual gifts that God gave us. That's the point. We glorify Christ when we use the spiritual gifts God gave us. I don't know about you, but I have found that in this life, we tend to glorify ourselves. Have you noticed that? Like if we're good at something, we take the credit for it. Or if we, if we achieve some success in our life, we take the credit for it. But how many of you know that, that God is the one that placed the gifts in us and the abilities in us and the talents in us? And God even wired us with our unique personalities. Uh, we are who we are because of God, of how God wired us. It's like a coffee maker taking credit for making its own coffee. That just doesn't happen, right? I want to introduce you to a very good friend of mine. I meet with him every morning, early, before anyone else is up. He's one of my best friends in the whole world. He doesn't say much, 
uh, gurgles a little bit. Um, but this is a great friend. Um, this friend's name is um, Cuisin, and his middle name is Art. So Cuisin Art. And Mr. Cuisin, you know, every morning provides me with some great coffee. I actually stand and wait with my cup for the first darkest bit that comes out, right? So this is Mr. Cuisin, provides me with great coffee, and he could easily say, man, I provided you with great coffee. Man, don't I bring you great coffee. But the truth of the matter is that somebody has to plug him in and provide electricity. Somebody has to push the button and turn him on. Somebody has to put in a filter. Somebody has to pour in the water. Somebody has to, you know, grow the beans, pick the beans, grind the beans, and put them in the machine. And then somebody has to pour the coffee out, right? And so really it's not accurate for for Cuisin to say, I provided you with a great cup of coffee. What's accurate is that I simply allowed some great coffee to flow through me. And that's kind of the way it is with the Holy Spirit. God wants us to come to the place where we allow him and his gifts to flow through us and to provide people in our lives with, with a great experience of who Christ is because of the gifts of the Spirit in us. And so let's begin. If you brought your Bible today, we're in 1 Corinthians 12. Let's talk about the gifts of the Spirit for a few minutes this morning. Maybe you didn't know there were gifts that God wanted to give you and and work through you, but there are. So here it is, starting in verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities or gifts that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans or not saved... You were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. You know, let me back up just a minute. So the Holy Spirit gives us special abilities like, you know, our talents and our gifts, the things that we're born with, our personality. You know, I have an ear for music. I love music. I love to sing. I'm good with woodworking. Each one of us have the different kinds of natural abilities that we're wired with, that we're born with. And then we can improve on those abilities, right? But when you receive Christ and when the Holy Spirit fills you, then he begins to give you gifts that can only come directly from him. And it would be like if I were to make a great cup of coffee and then I take, I pick a creamer like a hazelnut or a vanilla, right? Or whatever I pick and I, and I pour it in the cup of coffee and it gives it a certain flavor. That's kind of how it is. We all have the coffee, right? We're all coffee and God wants us to be poured out in people's lives, but, but he flavors us as he sees need with certain kinds of gifts that he wants us to use in the moment that he has a purpose for us to use them in. So we don't tell him when that is. He wants us to be aware of when he's working something out in us that he wants us to share with others. So the gifts of the Spirit. The word gift is charismata. That's a Greek word. It means manifestation of grace. What it really means is that by God's grace, he gives us gifts that we haven't earned, uh, that we can't do anything to receive. He simply allows us to, to use them for his glory. And so the gifts glorify Christ because you can't claim any credit. It's not anything you can do about it. Just receive it and let God use these gifts through you. Something special to help somebody in a time of need. That leads us to number two today, that that is one of the purposes of these gifts is that we get to help other people with the gifts. 
So it's really important that we figure out what our gift is so that we can really be the best help to other people as we can be. So that's number two in your notes. We help each other with the spiritual gifts. Paul said in verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Can you say each of us? Each of us so that we can say help each other, right? Each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Frank did that with his boys. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Frank received that to work with his boys. Uh, The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives a gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit, like an evil spirit or the spirit of the world. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts to the church, and he alone decides which gift each person person should have. And let me add that you may have one gift that he wants you to use today, but he may give you a different gift to use next week if if the uh, circumstance requires it. So God has these gifts that he wants to give us, and they come through the filling of the Spirit and through spending time in his word as we receive from him. And he wants us to make a difference in the lives of the people around us. So these are insights that we wouldn't have, humanly speaking. These are things that only God gives us for the moment. So moments come in our life. If you're like me, moments come in your life where you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you don't know... You know, what kind of input to give. You don't know how to solve whatever problem or circumstance it is. And it's in those moments when God may give you a supernatural gift of wisdom, of knowledge, of the prophetic, to work in this situation or to help somebody else figure out what's going on in their own lives. And so we help each other with these spiritual gifts. God gives us the right things to say in the time of need if we will allow him to do that in our lives. Mark chapter 13, here's one example. Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit would tell them what to say in their time of need, called a word of wisdom, right? And Jesus said to them, you're going to get arrested, okay? You're going to get arrested, and when you get arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what you're going to say. Because when that time comes, um, just say what God tells you to say. For it's not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want you to know. As spirit-filled believers, when moments come up in your lives, when things are hard, like, like when I'm with people where a loved one is dying or somebody's gone through a tragedy or there's a marriage problem that I can't solve, I can't help fix, man, it's at that time that I need the insight of the Holy Spirit. Don't you? Need the insight of the Holy Spirit. How about just raising kids? You know, we need the input of the Holy Spirit to help us know what to say and what to do in our time of need. Right? So that's the gift of wisdom. Then there's the gift of special knowledge. That's knowing something that you could not have known if God had not spoken it to you. There's this one counselor. I refer people to lots of counselors. There's one counselor that I know that I really love and respect. And she flows in this gift of knowledge. In fact, I'll send people to her. And oftentimes, maybe one out of two times, they'll come back to me and they'll say, you know what, Pastor Kurt, this lady began to pray for me. And it's like she knew my life. And you didn't talk to her, did you? And I said, no, I I didn't tell her a thing. 
And they'll say, well, she prayed as though she knew exactly what I had been through. And I believe that that is God helping her have insight into what this person needs, even as she begins to pray for them, even even before she counsels. What a great gift, right? What a great advantage to have when you're counseling somebody that you could actually have insight into their life. Ultimately, I think that, you know, the gifts of special wisdom and knowledge are best used when sharing Christ. I think that when you're witnessing and there's an unbeliever that you're witnessing to, what a great advantage it would be if you could have some wisdom about their life and you could give them insight and maybe even a gift of knowledge that you could understand something about them that you couldn't have known and God drops that into your heart and then you're able to use that to help them come to Christ. That they would say, wow, how did you know my heart? You know, that you could call out that they are lonely, that you could call out that they are desperate, that you could call out that they're looking for a friendship, a friend in Christ. You know, those kinds of things are the gifts that we need to be effective and fruitful in our life. Peter said in 1 Peter 3.15, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. So when you're using the gifts of the Spirit, when God is using you that way, Always be gentle and don't draw attention to yourself. It's not about you. In fact, don't even tell people, hey, I think God gave me a word of knowledge for you. No, 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 don't do that. Don't say, thus saith the Lord in your most spiritual voice. No, you know, that was the 70s, okay? We're in 2019 now and the gifts glorify Christ. Don't bring attention to yourself in how you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Just simply speak what's on his heart and, and let him do the rest. God can take care of that for you, okay? That's what I think. Then there's the gift of faith. Everybody has faith to believe. We're all, we're all born with enough faith to believe in Christ. Paul said in Romans 12, God has allotted to every man a measure of faith, the faith to believe in his grace. Okay, so everybody born has the faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and to receive him as their Savior because God said that not one would perish but all would come to eternal life, right? And so Paul agreed with that. And Billy Graham puts it this way, because there's a difference between that faith, the allotted faith, and the gift of faith. So listen to what Graham says. He says, The grace of faith, or faith to believe, means that we can believe God will do whatever he's promised to do in his word. All Christians have the grace of faith. Anybody that comes to Christ has the grace of faith, okay? The gift of faith, Graham says, is to believe for things about which the Bible is silent. In other words, things in the present day, things in your life, things in the life of others. You have a wayward child, and you need to have faith that God would bring him back. You have financial difficulty, and you need to have faith that God would solve your problems. You're having trouble at work. You're having trouble in a relationship. And you need faith to believe that God is going to work in the darkness of that relationship. You have a marriage that has been difficult. You need faith to believe, to hang on to hope, right? That God is going to do something in your marriage. So the gift of faith sees and agrees with what God wants to do in any kind of circumstance. And and that's a gift that God gives for the time of need. So when God wants somebody to, to step into that faith of intercession and become a prayer warrior for a circumstance, God can give them the gift of faith for that moment. So that they can pour out their prayer, believing that God is going to make a change and agree with the Father's heart about what God wants to do. So that's faith that agrees, that sees and agrees with what God wants to do. Faith sees what can be 
in the life of somebody you care about. Faith sees the potential and refuses to let go of the potential that you see in a person or in a situation. Faith helps you hang on to hope. And so many of us, we need that gift of faith in the time of need. And God gives it to us. He gives us that gift of faith to hang in there when everything seems to be crumbling around you. Faith prays people to Christ. Faith agrees with the Father's heart, what He wants to do. Okay, so that's faith. That's the gift of faith. Then there's the gift of healing. And the Bible tells us to always pray for healing. Like, that's our default. Always pray for healing. In fact, James said in James 5, Confess your sin to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So I always pray. When it comes to healing, I always pray. That's the default. You know, someone could be a a day away from death. I'm still going to pray for healing, okay? That's just me, and I believe that's what we should do. So praying for physical healing, praying for emotional healing and recovery is the norm at North County Christ the King. This is what we do. Hundreds of people here are engaged in prayer for God to heal people, even when things look grim. You know, just on, on Friday, a friend of mine that I've known my entire life stopped in to see me. And he said, you know, Kurt, uh, I've been fighting cancer for a couple of years now. And, you know, uh, I feel like and doctors have said the fight's over. And so just take what time I've got left and enjoy my family. And he said, then he said, I know God can heal me. I know even though the medical field has said, you know, we're done. I know God can heal me. I'm going to keep hanging on to hope, he said. But then he said this, but I'm also ready to go. I'm ready to go. And he said, so either way for me, I'm ready. He said, I'd love to stay because I love my family. And and I believe they need me. I believe that my grandkids need their grandpa as they grow up. He said, but but I'm ready to go. If God calls me home now, I'm ready. And I just love that. I love that tension that we live in, don't we? Where we would love God for heal, to heal us. And sometimes he does with the gift of healing. But then oftentimes God chooses also to take us home. And we don't know why, but we rest in the understanding that he is good and he loves us fully and completely. So we rest there, right? But the gift of healing is special that God gives in the moment of need. And, and you know, we don't know why he does sometimes and why he doesn't sometimes. I can tell you I've experienced it. I've seen it. With my own two eyes. I was a chaplain in Taiwan at a Christian school. I've told you this story before. And for Spiritual Life Week, we brought in this guy from New Zealand. And he was a guy that functioned often in this gift of healing. So we brought him in just as the class speaker. He also happened to be Mr. New Zealand. And so, no, it was South, <coughs> sorry, South Africa. Mr. South Africa. So he was built. I mean, the guy was ripped, right? Just a big guy. He broke... Uh, Two of our school rules on the first day. The first one was he took off his shirt on the stage. First he went upstairs and pumped up, you know, then he took off his shirt and did the, did the deal. And then he had him play some South African tribal music and he danced. Those were two rules we had. No, you know, dress code violations and no dancing. He broke them both on the first day, you know, throw the bum out. But so he stuck around, did our week. And on the very last day, he did our chapel. And a good friend of mine, Denny, brought his daughter, Heather, forward. Denny was a missionary in China, came from the Southern Baptist denomination that, that you know, as far as healing for today, not everybody, not everybody believes the gifts are for today. And so De- Denny did, brought Heather forward. And Heather had this tumor behind her eye. And she had been suffering with dizziness and fainting. 
And, uh, you know, they'd taken her in. They'd done the, the x-rays. They'd done the CAT scans. They'd done the whole deal. Tumor's there. We're going to do surgery. And so they were going to do surgery the next day on Friday. And Denny brought her up. Brought her up and he said, I'd like you to pray for healing for my daughter. And so Neville laid his hands on Heather. And he prayed for Heather. And then they took Heather to her pre-op examination and they did some more pictures and they did some more scans and the doctors came out and they said we don't know what happened the tumor was there but the tumor's gone and so heather went home and ran in a track meet the next day and it was just so awesome to see god do one of those verifiable miracles you know those verifiable healings that you look for and here was the interesting thing there were people because we had about 18 different denominations represented on our campus there were people from certain denominations that refused to rejoice over this healing because they really believed the gifts were not for today. And even though Heather was standing before them, they were like, sorry. And then there was great rejoicing with a lot of other people, right? Everybody was, a lot of people were rejoicing about what had happened in Heather's life. And I just say that to tell you that I believe with all my heart God heals today. And that there are some times when God drops this gift of healing into our midst and we don't understand the why and we don't understand how he chooses and how he chooses not. But I love the fact that that there's always the chance that God could bring this gift of healing, not just prayer for healing that we do every day, but this gift of healing into our lives. And I love that about God. Then we have the gift of miracles. Now, the gift of miracles is something happening that could not have happened if God had not intervened. You know, think water into wine, right? Anybody tried to do that? Anyone? Water into wine. Honey, we're getting a little low tonight. Can you... uh, Pray over the wine. That'd be a great advantage, wouldn't it? Water into wine. How about um, bread and fish being multiplied? So a miracle that God actually changes the physical nature of something and, and changes it. And he has a purpose. And he has a reason like he does that. So do you ever feel like you need a miracle? Ask God. Ask God. God may provide you for a, with a miracle for what you need in your life. Then there's the gift of prophecy. Now, prophecy is a little different than what may of you, some of you may understand. A lot of people think of prophecy and they think about telling the future, right? Like in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, there's a new application for the prophetic. And it's a gift of the Spirit, one of the nine gifts that God gives the church. And it's the one gift that Paul tells us to pursue. Of all the other gifts, he says, God may give you this gift. But of the gift of prophecy, he says, pursue this one. Why is that? Well, it's because... Prophecy for the church is speaking God's words of encouragement or of comfort or of strengthening to one another. And so this gift to the church is very effective. And I think really that God wants all of us to move in this gifting of taking in the word of God so you have something to give and then letting the Holy Spirit bring that out of you in a time of need. When someone's hurting, when someone's suffering, when someone needs encouragement, what could come out of you? as a gift from the Spirit at that moment that brings out of you the Word of God that's resident in you. That's why we read our Bibles. It's not just, you know, for yourself, but we memorize Scripture because one day God may bring this verse to your heart for the exact moment that somebody needs to hear it. And that's the most accurate way to describe the gift of prophecy for the church today. Maybe God might tell the future through you, but it's more likely he's going to use you to encourage, to comfort, and to strengthen somebody. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, let love be your highest goal. Always do this in love. 
But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. One who prophesies, Paul says, strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. And then he says, I wish you could all prophesy, right? So that's Paul's take on the prophetic. I believe that God wants each of us to grow in our ability to encourage one another. I think we say enough bad words, don't we? I think we say enough negative words. I think we gossip enough, don't you think? I think God would like to change that paradigm and make us a people who at any given moment could bring a word of encouragement that somebody needs in their time of need. Paul said to Timothy, we talk about discernment next. He said, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. So there's this gift of discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us. And I believe we really need this today in our time. We're living in a time right now where there are so many doctrines out there. There's so much teaching that that strays from the Word of God. And there's even doctrines of demons out there. And there's even doctrines of the world out there. And I'll tell you what, our kids are facing incredibly difficult times when it comes to what they're going to run into in college and they're going to hear in school and what's going to be taught in their classrooms. I mean, it was bad enough in high school, right? But they're going to run into more and more times where where their worldview is challenged. You know, if you're a high school senior here today, your, your worldview is going to be challenged. What you believe about God, what you believe about the faith is going to be severely challenged. And so you need to have this gift of discernment that God gives you. And then uh, John says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. You should be discerning every podcast you listen to, every television preacher you listen to, Every time I step on this platform or anybody steps on this platform, you should be discerning whether or not what we say, what they say, comes from the Spirit of God and lines up with the Word of Truth. You should be discerning that. Don't let me get away with teaching you bad doctrine. Don't let me. Email me. Call me. I can take it. I'm a big boy. You know, we can talk it out. And so we need to be discerning in this day because there's all kinds of stuff being taught out there. Every person that claims to be a prophet isn't necessarily a prophet. So we need to be very discerning these days. Wouldn't it be great just to have a discerning prophet? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Put those two together. That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? And then let me give you the last two. There's the ability to speak in an unknown language. Acts chapter 2 is the best example of this. The believers were all gathered together worshiping God, and the Holy Spirit filled them. And verse 4 says, Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I think this would have been a handy gift to have back in high school Spanish, don't you? I mean, wouldn't it have been great to be able to speak in the tongues of Spanish? It would have saved me three years of my life. In this case, in Acts chapter 2, they were actually praising God in their own languages, but there were people from multiple other backgrounds. They were, there were Jews that were in the city, in Jerusalem, and they were there from a bunch of different languages, and they actually heard these Jerusalem Jews praising God in their own languages, but hearing it in their own languages. Pretty amazing. And so that is the gift of unknown languages, and there's the gift of speaking it, 
But then, then there's the gift of interpretation of it. And this is where God gives a message to someone in an unknown language. And then somebody else is able to hear it and able to interpret it. So Paul takes special attention with this gift two chapters later in chapter 14. And he talks about how you don't want to let this gift get out of hand because it'll draw attention to the ones that are delivering. So it's a legitimate gift that can be used in the church. But Paul says, be careful with this one because a lot of people are not going to understand this gift. You know, a lot of people are just going to think you're crazy. And so Paul says, be careful with how you handle this. Yet, legitimate gift of the Holy Spirit. So um, I've heard stories of missionaries on the mission field that were able to understand languages that they had never learned. I've heard stories of people speaking in an unknown language and another visitor being in that same conference and being able to understand what was being spoken. Listen, God put it there. God put it in his word. I don't know why. Take it up with him. It's his Bible, okay? So there's the nine gifts of the Spirit. And here's what I want to end with today. When we're filled with the Spirit and we receive his gifts, then number three, we're each an important part of the body. We're each an important part of what God has done here at North County. And God wants you to use your gift in the body. God does not want you to sit on your gift. God does not want you to to not discover your gift. God wants you to discover the gift or the gifts that he's given you. And God wants you to use them to help others in the body of Christ. That's how we end today. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body, by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? I like to picture this. Everybody walking around, you know, big eyeball walking around. Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? In some cases that may not be bad, right? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part where he wants it. God compares our church to the human body. And he says, you know, all of us have a different gift or or we're all a different body part. But we all have a part to play. And just because, you know, you don't have the gift of healing doesn't make you any less than one who does. And, and just because you have the gift of wisdom doesn't mean make you any less than somebody who has the gift of knowledge. To understand, don't compare the gifts. Don't compare the gifts. God doesn't give the same gifts to everybody. And he has a purpose for this. And the purpose is he wants to work unity in the church so that we all need each other. How would we walk if we didn't have legs, right? How would we see if we didn't have eyes? And so God wants... To use us all together. This is his plan. The the gifts of the Spirit are his plan to unify us and make us work together because we depend on one another to have the gifts of the Spirit in our life. Not to fight about it. Not to disagree about which gift's more important. Not to disagree about whether you should even use a gift. But to come together in unity under the governance of the Holy Spirit and to allow God to do what God wants to do and that is to let his power And his gifts flow through us because that's what God wants to do. Your gift matters. You know, I loved what Frank said in his testimony. I realized that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is right here and I have access to him. I want to remind you of that today, that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
He's right there. He's, he's in you. And that you have access to him every minute of every day. So here's how we're going to close this way. We're going to close being open to God's word. That's what we want to do. We want to be open to God's word. And if God says, I have gifts for you, then if you're a follower of Christ, you need to be open to what God wants to do with his gifts through you. Okay? Because God wants to use you. So we're going to stand together. We're going to worship. Worship team is going to come. And after that happens, then I'm going to simply pray with you this morning that you would receive all that God has for you. We've been doing this now for several weeks. And really what you're doing today is you're responding to God's word. This is what God's word says. And so we want to be obedient followers of his word. Amen? 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 (laughs) All right. All right, good. So let's worship the Lord as we do, and then I'll come back and I'll uh, spend some time praying with you.